praise the Lord. Everybody should have um, heard that by heard that by now. Um, and um, and it's just a, it's just a wonderful wonderful thing um, to be in the presence of the Lord and to hear His word. Now we have been going pretty strong um, in Psalms chapter twenty seven or the twenty seventh number of the Psalms. We have learned so much and now we're in verse number three and this is what we've been talking about uh, last week uh, even a little bit before the week a week before that we also dealt uh, with this scripture set here um, but God has really been moving Psalms 27 verse number three reads for us though a host should encamp against us against me rather my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. Amen. Amen. We have come a long ways in this, in just three verses. Still, we've come a long way as far as our understanding. We've just, we've, God's really been speaking to us. And now we've been talking about this concept of uh, of, a, of a host and an encampment and these things. And we dealt with this last week and we're, and, um, and we're going to bring that in again today, but we're going to push uh, further into this because there, I mean, this is just amazing. Bible says, though a host should encamp against me. All right. My heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me in this. Will I be confident? Now we talked about that word encamp. Okay. And prior to that, we talked about the word host. And we learned that that word host really just refers to a camp, but not just any camp. It refers to a camp from, of this, from the civilian perspective. Okay. So not just any camp. All right. We also discovered that when we use, or when the Bible is using this word camp, it is not using it in the exact sense that we would use it. And for us, we have said, you know, uh, we think of camping as going out to the wilderness or to the forest or wherever it is that you go and you've got your tent and all these different things and stuff. Well, it's not that. Camping in the Bible <clears throat> or in the biblical sense really had um, much to do with um, those who were travelers. So it was really travelers, whether, um, and usually, and the word host that we use, um, is from the civilian sense. So these are your everyday folks. <clears throat> but we also realized that it also talked about those who were tradesmen and it could also refer to military um, folks who were not on assignment, but actually were just traveling. But then we also discovered that it can actually also refer to um, those uh, to uh, military uh, persons who are actually engaged in um, a routine or in a conflict or a battle. So it can, it, can, uh, it, it can refer to that. One of the other things that we also talked about that was very uh, uh, wonderful, I was really blessed by it, um, is, is, that, is, that, is that when we think about the camp, okay, um, we not only do we know about these different types of camps or flavors of camps, but we also learn that God has a camp and we use um, Deuteronomy 23, 14, for the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee and to give uh, up thine enemies before thee. Therefore, and, and let me back up, to give up thy enemies before thee, that simply means to give you victory over your enemies. That's what that's referring to. Therefore, shall thy camp be holy. So God set criteria for the, for the camp. All right. God says he's the, he's your God, right? And he's not just any God. 
This is the one true God. And this one true God is walking in the midst of thy camp. All right. Amen. And what's, um, and what is, and what is important about that. Okay. That when he says he's the Lord, your God, that, uh, that, that walketh, uh, in your camp, that, that, that implies that he just, he, that God is just stepping in. Okay. It implies that God is just showing up to your camp. Now, and we also learned that your camp, if we update that to um, 2020, all right, then your camp is going to be your home. It's going to be the thing. It's going to be your, 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 your place of residence. It's going to be your family. Okay. It's going to be all of those things, everything that God has given you. All right. Everything that is yours, everything from the family that you are, that you are a part of, that you are physically born into, all right, or has been born unto you, okay, to the things that you have in your, all of that, brothers and sisters, makes up or consists of your camp. And Deuteronomy 23, 14 says, for the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp. He's telling you that God is walking in your camp. And that should bring a uh, um, a not just a, a a humbling moment moment, but it should also bring a moment of uh, of quiet reflection as well, where we literally think about the weight of what the Word of God is saying when it tells us that God walketh in the midst of our camp, because it didn't say God desires to walk in the midst of your camp. No, it didn't say God you know is requesting to walk in the midst of your camp. No, it doesn't say God asks you anything. And listen, God is God, and he does not have to ask you anything. So in case anybody was confused on that, why is God just doing stuff? Because he's God. He's sovereign. God doesn't have to ask permission. God is going to just do. So the burden, so that just means that we got a greater responsibility. What is that responsibility, Brother Walker? That responsibility is, is you better make sure that you're following that word. You better make sure that you are living according to that word. The book of the gospel of John, you know, tells us, Jesus says very plainly um, to us in the gospel of, in the gospel of John, that if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And it tells us that I believe in about the uh, 14th uh, chapter of St. John. He tells us that if you love me, those that love him, keep his commandment. God just going, God's going to show up brothers and sisters. God is going to show up. Sometimes we run into problems. We run aground like a ship would run aground. We run aground, why? Because we are too close. The water that we're in is not deep enough, okay? It's not shallow enough, okay? And, and what happens is, is that when a boat is in um, the water and it is, um, is, is, when a boat is in the water and, and the, um, the water is not deep enough, that boat can run aground. It can get stuck in the sand. Okay. It literally can get, it can, it can get stuck. And that's not something that you, that's not something that you, uh, that you want. Okay. You, and if we take that and put it in a spiritual sense, then what that would mean is, is, is that the things of God, the blessings of God, brothers and sisters, they are designed to operate in a environment. What environment are you talking about? In a spiritual environment. The things of God, you want to experience the blessings of God. 
You want to hear God talk. You want all of these different things. Well, let me tell you something. God's going to talk for a couple different reasons. God's going to talk either because you're doing something wrong or he's going to talk because you're doing something right. Now you get to choose which way you want him to talk. Okay. If you, if, if you, if you decide that you want to live wrong, that you want to live unholy, God is going to have some words for you. Okay. God's going to speak through people, through situations, through circumstance, whatever God has to do. And especially if you've received the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. What does that mean? It means you're not going to get away with anything. You cannot be a child of God and live like the world. A child of God or a carnal Christian who is living like the world, all the while they want to claim that they are a child of God, you are a boat that is in water that is not deep enough. You're getting ready to run aground. You're getting ready to run aground. It's not enough water to float. Not at all. You're too close to the shore. What do you mean? You're too close to the things of the world. You're too close to worldliness. The Bible calls this carnality. Okay? It's, that's what it means to be carnal. What is a carnal Christian? A carnal Christian is one who has received the Holy Ghost. So you, you listen, you, you have repented of your sin. You have been water baptized. You have been filled with the Holy Ghost. But then somewhere along the lines after that, you began to entertain this idea that you can do a little of this that the world does. See, uh, mainstream Christianity, and I want you to understand, that's, that's the world's version, okay? mainstream Christianity seems just to have this fascination with um, getting close to a thing, but not getting all the way there. And it's an illusion that the church, for some reason, continues to chase in some respects, where the church brings in carnality into the church. They bring in worldliness into the camp. Okay. God desires to be a part of your camp so much so that he's going to just show up to make sure to, he's going to just show up to the camp. He's going to check your camp out. God wants to be a part of your life and see, it is the expectation because he is your God and he is your heavenly father. It is his expectation that he has a right to show up. In other words, God doesn't, God, God shouldn't have to think that he wouldn't be welcome when he comes to your house, when he comes to your territory, when he comes to your land, everything that is given to you, when God enters the camp, it should literally be inconceivable, unthinkable that he could show up to a camp that belongs to one of his children and he not be welcome. But brothers and sisters, that is a sad reality that happens every day. We, are, we make it a constant practice to make God unwelcome in the camp. Deuteronomy 23, 14 says, for the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp. And, and it isn't like, and, and yes, God does show up and he's showing up unannounced. I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. God is showing up to your camp unannounced. But he's coming for a reason though. Why is he coming? Why does he come unannounced? Is God being rude? Is God, is God, is, it, 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 what is God doing? I mean. Can, can he not? Can he just let me know ahead of time? Can God give me a give me a give me a heads up? God already gave you a heads up. Okay. 
God has already done all of that. And, 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 and when God shows up, don't take it as God just being rude. No, no, it's not what's happening. If you look at the next part, he says, why does he show up? To deliver thee and to give up thine enemies before thee. What is he talking about? All right. What he's saying here is, is that God shows up unannounced. Number one, to deliver thee. Why? Because problems show up unannounced. See, problems can have a, have a knack of showing up in your life at the most inopportune times. I mean, have you ever had a situation where the thing that you needed the least, I mean, if it was one thing that you could have done without, it would have been that thing. And have you ever had like that thing just happen when you, when you least need it? I don't know about you, but I have. I have had plenty of times, plenty of occasions, plenty of uh, situations where, um, where I felt like, man, the, the last thing on earth I need is this situation or that situation to occur. And then all of a sudden, here I am dealing with something. Problems come up unannounced. No rhyme, no reason. Sometimes you have an indication. Sometimes you have an inkling, but many times you don't. And so problems, challenges, obstacles, you name it, whatever it is that you want, they sometimes show up unannounced. So it's a good thing that you got a God who shows up unannounced. He shows up to make sure on his patrol, so to speak, checking out the camp, making sure everything's the way it's supposed to be. Why? Because he's coming to deliver thee. See, he knows that sometimes situations can happen so fast, you don't even have time to react. So you got a God who's a very present help in the time of need. He shows up unannounced and he has a knack of showing up when you need him the most. Shows up when the thing that you needed to happen the least happens, God has a way of showing up. And not only does he show up, he shows up to deliver you. That means he comes with a purpose. His plan is to get you out of that sticky situation. Amen. Now, the caveat to that is, is that this should not be a situation that you're putting yourself into, okay? Remember, God is holy, okay? And God is not mocked, okay? This is referring, this is, this is referring to that person who's living right, and, then, and, 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 and hard times happen to that person. Situations happen to that person. Now, if you are the, now listen, if you are the perpetrator, <laughs> if you're the culprit, the one who's, who's causing all the problems, he ain't going to come up to deliver you. No, just get that out of your head. God is not coming to deliver you. You, you know what I'm saying? God, God is coming for something different when it comes to you if you are the one who's doing cause and trouble because you can't just live in sin. But he shows up to deliver you. And then he says, and to give up thine enemies before thee. So that means he comes for two reasons. One, to deliver you just in case you are in trouble. But then he also comes to give up thine enemies before thee. You know what that actually means? That means that he comes to deliver the thing. That he comes to actually bring you the victory over the problems that have happened previously. So in other words, when he says to give up thine enemies before thee, to deliver thee and to give up thine enemies before, it's not just talking about present victory, but it's also talking about the prayers that you prayed beforehand about situations. And then all of a sudden you done forgot about it, but here come God bringing you, uh, bringing you deliverance on that situation. You prayed about it. You talked to God about it. You didn't, you couldn't get any further with that and you put it in God's hands and then you moved on. 
and life got going again and you got busy again. And that situation that you brought to the Lord before the Lord in prayer, you'd all but forgotten about it. God shows up to bring you the answer to that. Amen. Amen. God is good this morning. So that's why he shows up, but he doesn't want to show up to just anything because the rest of that scripture tells us, therefore, because God is going to show up, because God, and he's not going to announce it, because of that, you need to make sure that your camp is ready for him at all times. How do I do that, Brother Walker? You make sure that it is holy, that it is separated, that it is pure, that, is, that it is pure, excuse me, that you are not trying to introduce the things of this world and call it holiness. I'm trying to tell you, listen, the way the world says they're going to worship God, that ain't worshiping. That is not worshiping God at all. That Bible says they that worship the Lord must do it in spirit and in truth. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Worship, true worship is not characterized by its appearance. True worship, there is no standard look to true worship. None, not at all. So don't get caught up brothers and sisters on what people do. Listen, don't get caught up when people, when you know, when we when we're able to get back in church. Listen, it's not running the aisles that make you holy. That don't uh 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 not at all. It's not turning cartwheels and double axle flips and sticking the landing and all that kind of stuff. It's not all the yelling and shouting and all the stuff as if God is hard of hearing. God heard you the first time, and He heard it when you were talking civilized before you got all off track and started adding all these things that we have attached to religion or, or to, to worship. But listen, that's all external stuff. True worship has to be done in spirit and in truth, which means that it is only going to be acknowledged when God sees it in the heart or coming from the heart. True worship and praise, brothers and sisters, is a state of the heart. Okay, it's not a state of your actions, my actions. No, it is a state of the heart because what proceeds out of the heart are the issues of life, the things that matter. And so praise and worship is designed to issue forth in its pure form from the heart. So God wants it from the heart, spirit and in truth. Why spirit and in truth? Because God is spirit and he is the truth. So God's worship must be like him. God don't accept worship that's not like him. Uh-uh. Worship that's don't, not like him, that belong to the devil, that belong to idols. God does not want to be worshiped the way the world worships any and everything else. God wants your heart. God wants you. Amen. Though a host should encamp against me. All right. My heart shall not fear. Now, we talked about that word encamp. Okay. Host means civilian camp. All right. But when we get to that encamp, that's a military term. Okay. And we discovered that it it means it's to set up, a, it, it's when you set up a military camp that is in preparation uh, for battle or near a city. So 
And when they do that, it is for the purpose of either one, uh, to besiege the city, okay? And we also discovered that when you besiege a thing, that means that you surround that place, all right? But you surround it with armed forces in order to either, you're gonna either capture it or you're gonna force its surrender. So in that essence, besiege, okay, is a, is a, uh, is a military tactic or strategy because you're surrounding something. You're, you're trying to take a position, okay? And you're trying to do so by surrounding it. And so he says, though a host, and a host, since, it's, since that word is, it deals from the civilian standpoint, what we're talking about is the everyday people, everyday folk, the, the, the normal places, everyday places of life that you go, where you meet people and people who are just, who probably are no more than acquaintances. You don't necessarily have a relationship or you could have just a casual relationship with these people. But when we say a host, what we're talking about is just the everyday places, the people from the everyday places or from my normal routine, whatever my normal root, daily routine is, okay? Then the host in that sense will refer to all of those people who show up or that I run across in my daily routine. And he says, though they encamp against me. So these are people who, who are, who are for all intents and purposes, they're like random people sometimes. In other words, they're, or they're stranger. They're people that I don't necessarily know. I don't have any, you know, a relation. So these are people who really shouldn't have a problem with me. These are people that should not have an issue with me whatsoever. But he says, though a host, though these people who should not have a problem with me should encamp against me. That means all of a sudden they develop a problem with me. So I haven't done anything to these people. You haven't done anything to these people. To uh, to uh, whatever what I have caused no trouble. I've caused no havoc. I've caused no ruckus. None of those sorts of things. I have been a good citizen. I've been trying to do what I'm supposed to do. I've been you know you know uh, crossing every T, dotting every I. I mean I've been doing what I'm supposed to do, and I'm not making waves for anybody. But I got these temporary folks. Because remember, the host they're temporary. They are folks from everyday areas of life, but their in but their uh, their presence in your life is temporary. They're not meant to stay around. They were never ever going to stay for the long haul. But these were simply people who are passing in and out of your life. But sometimes these people or these things these things that are just passing by, seemingly passing passing by in my life, these things encamp against me. What does that mean? They surround me, right? So now they and, and, and they surround me either to do one or two things, either to force my surrender, get me to give up, want me to give up. You know what? I, I'm done with, I'm, you know what? I'm done with being a child of God. I'm done with living holy. I don't want to, uh, you know what? Serving God is not worth it. I don't, that's what the devil wants you to think. That's what he wants you to do. And that's why oftentimes, you know what I'm saying? The devil will try to make sure that you are surrounded. Why? Because he wants you to feel that pressure. Pressure to what? Pressure to turn your back on God. You understand? And you got and the devil is very, and you know, you better you, you gotta be cautious when it comes to the devil. Because the devil don't try to get you to go, the devil don't usually just try to get doesn't always, let me put it like this. He doesn't always try to get you to relinquish your um your decision and your choice to serve God by way of hardship. The devil will also try to get you to do that by way of allowing you to get things that are distracting. 
So in other words, you got to understand, the devil does not like you. And what he wants above everything else is, is that he wants you at odds with God. Why? Because he knows that if you are at odds with God, you're not going to have the blessings of God on you. And it also means that if you die in that way, you are going, you will have lost your ticket into heaven because you ain't going. He knows that. The devil does this. Why? Because he hates God. And anything that is associated with God, he hates. And guess what? Congratulations. You're a child of God. So guess what? You won the prize. He hates you too. The devil hates you too. He is not your friend. He is never going to be your friend. And you have to, but you also have to understand, he will use any tactic necessary. Even if for some people, it's just the pressure of being sick. And so what will he do? He'll hype up all and sensationalize mm -hmm. the sickness and the things and and all of a sudden you'll keep putting in your mind or 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 interjecting thoughts you're always sick you're always dealing with this it's always that and it's always you know what you you know you you know you're never going to feel better it's you're not going to feel well you're going to always struggle you're going to always this and don't you see you've been crying to god you've been asking god to heal you how many times have you prayed how many times have you asked god has he done it yet and 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 and, and, and so on and so on. And so the devil will try to surround you with that. Okay. And he'll use people that he got inroads with people who are not on the Lord's side, people who are easily susceptible to the moving of the devil. And so all of a sudden people become the mouthpiece of the enemy. And now you got these transitional people who have nothing to do with you whatsoever, making life hard on you, surrounding you. The devil will try to do things like that. But you know what else he'll also try to do? Because some people that don't work on. Some people will draw closer to the Lord. When things get when things start to get tough, they start to circle their, their wagons. And they say, you know what? Stuff is going on. I, I, it's time to get to that altar. It's time to get to the throne room. I need to talk to God. And that's the way you should be. But don't you know that the devil knows that? And he got a plan even for that? What's his plan against that? Success is his plan against that. The devil knows that, hey, you know what? If the, the more this person, see, the more this person is afflicted, the more he cry out. See, the more this person, you know what I'm saying, is done wrong, the more, you know what I'm saying, the more this person does right. The more this person is disrespected, the more respect this person shows to God and everyone. It seemed like the more he's inflicted, the more she's inflicted, the closer this person gets to God. So the devil gets smart. He says, you know what? Wait a minute. Okay, that, that's a failed tactic. So let me switch to plan B. I can't, you know, I, these things that should take you out, that ain't, that, that's not happening. It, it's, it's having the adverse effect. You're drawing closer to God. So what does the devil want you to do? The devil says, well, you know what, if I, if, if I can't do it that way, then, 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 then maybe a little success, maybe that will be enough to distract. So all of a sudden, these things start to appear in your life, opportunities and so on and so forth, and that just start to come out of nowhere. But the problem is with these opportunities, and you can start, you can easily start to tell because you can start, you can easily tell when certain opportunities are from God and when it's not, Okay. Because when God starts blessing, listen, God, when God blesses you, it will never, it, 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 don't, it won't jeopardize. When God blesses you, it doesn't jeopardize your ability to praise and to worship or you to stay right before him. God doesn't do that. 
God doesn't bless you for the purpose of sabotaging his own praise. He don't do that. He does not do that. Okay. When God is blessing you and God does it or whatnot, listen, the blessing will not only meet a need, not only will it answer a question, not only will it, whatever it is. Okay. But it's also not going to put you in a position where you can't live whole. It will not do that at all. It will not put you in a position where you are unable to worship and to praise God. So in other words, God, when God is blessing, it ain't going to take you out of church. Uh-oh, I know that steps on people's feet, but, but we're going right there. When God bless you, it ain't going to take you. It, it, listen, it's not getting ready, to, it's not getting ready to, to take you away. When I say take you out of church, I am, remember, church is not a building. Okay? Church is not a physical building. It is the people of God. It is the rule and the reign of God. We call that in doctrinal terms, that's called theocracy. But, but, but it is being, it is the, it is the water baptized, blood washed, born again believers in Christ Jesus. That is the church. And they worship God in spirit and in truth. They live holy. They follow the word. God's blessings don't prohibit you from following the word. It doesn't prohibit you from being a part of worship. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Now, right now, we got we 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 got we 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 are all remote in 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 a, in a way. And so those of us who are not having church services in the normal sense, we're streaming things and so on. We're streaming our services, which is exactly what we should be be doing. Well, guess what? Well, when God bless you. God knows what you have to do. God knows that this is what we, this is the season that we're in. So when God is blessing you in this season, you can count on the blessing of God, not going to make it, it's not getting ready to make it hard for you all of a sudden to receive the word. In other words, if the only what means for me to get in the word now is for me to be able to stream it, then I'm going to know if the enemy is trying to get involved or if God is trying to get involved, because if God is involved, I'm going to still be able to praise and worship. I'm still be able to, I'm going to still be able to give God the best. But when the enemy starts to bring in things, opportunities, these lying wonders, the Bible calls them, these things, all of a sudden they're designed for you to get so caught up that you just kind of casually forget that God is standing right there. Now your focus and your attention is on all these other things. Well, here's the thing. God's way does not do that. The enemy does not mind hooking you up if it means you're not going to pay attention to God. He doesn't mind giving you, allowing, listen, he is called the prince of this world. Do, do you got some stuff? Do you, he got some stuff to give. The devil got stuff to give. He has things that he can give you. Now, you all, you all, you're going to end up in hell with it, but he still got stuff that he can give you. He is the prince of this world. He got some stuff. And he got some stuff to give. And what does he have to give? All the stuff that God don't want. But he wants you to think that it's from God. And many times we are guilty of making some of the most anti-God decisions. All behind thinking that the choice that we're making is of God. How does that happen? Because the devil has worked hard to blind you. So he wants you to think 
Do you not know that the devil is not stupid? Do you not know that he has been at this game for years? <laughs> Listen, he has he's been doing this for a long He's been tricking people for a long time. Do not think that the devil cannot pull the wool over your eyes because if you are not in your prayer closet, if you are not, if listen, if that, if that gift of discernment is not operating in high gear in you, if you are not in your word, then the devil is going to pull the wool over your eyes. In fact, it's pulled over you already. You just don't know. And that's what the devil specializes in. This is also why God says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. They are dying because of what they don't know. What is it that they don't know? They don't know what the devil is doing. They don't know that he's moving because the devil is a liar. So you got to understand when the devil try to hook you up, do you know what he going to do? He ain't going to tell you, oh, this is compliments of the devil. You, He's he not going to do that. The devil not going to come to you in a red suit and a pitchfork and then be like, here, why don't you take this $100? He ain't going to do that. He's not going to come hook you up like that. No. The devil, when he try to hook you up, he's going to try to make it look like God did it. That's what he's going to do. Why? Because if you think that God is the one that is blessing you or is giving you this, all the while you ignoring the signs, that all of a sudden now I ain't got no time to, say, to, to, to pray no more. I don't have time to, uh, to worship no more. I don't have time to, to, to read the word no more. All of these different things. And, and, and the devil starts having you and masquerading it as if it was from God. And the next thing you know, well, but Lord, this is just my season. This is just, brother, don't be deceived. Do not be the devil's pawn. Talking about this is your season. It is not your season. It is not your season to go cold on God. It is not your season to go back on God. It is not your season to not be in the word. It is not your season to not work on that relationship with God. It is not your season to live in sin. It is not your season to walk wrong and contrary to the word. It is not your season to mistreat your brother and your sister. It is not your season to mistreat your wife or your children. It is not your season to be a negligent employee. It is not your season to be a thief. It is not your season to be an adulterer. It is not your season to be a fornicator. It is not your season to live contrary to the word of God. I don't care how convenient it looks. That's not your season. God don't deal in those kind of seasons. God does not deal in those kind of seasons. Okay? The enemy will try to encamp around you with all these things. Why? want to pressure you into fear. And we talked about that word fear. Amen. And we said that it meant to be afraid. It meant to feel anxious or apprehensive about a situation or event, and that's heavy. The devil wants you to be apprehensive. Is it really worth trusting God on this? You really think God's going to come through? You've been suffering. You've been dealing with something for a long time. You've been praying for a long time. Why don't you just, here, why don't you take some of this apprehension? Don't, 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 you know, don't, yeah, 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 but you'd be cool on that. It's the way the devil wants you to think. Don't, don't move. Don't, 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 don't move in faith too fast. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't be so quick. Be so hasty to just, just, just put faith on it like that. You know, I mean, let's, let's, let's take a, let's take a step back. I mean, you, you have been praying for a while and he hasn't come through yet. So, I mean, man, look, I hate to break it to you. He, he might not come through. That's the way the devil talks. 
So he wants you to feel like, just be a little cool on this. Just slow down. Don't, don't, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's what he wants you to think faith is. Uh-uh. Faith is so much more than putting all your eggs in one basket. Do you hear what I'm saying? It ain't no, uh-uh. If I was putting it in a basket, that's one thing. But you are putting your faith in the almighty God. And the last time I checked, our God can do all things except fail. He can't fail. And he will not fail. See, you serve a God that don't know defeat. Oh, don't get me wrong. He knows about, he knows what defeat is. It's just that he ain't never been defeated. So you don't have to have been defeated in order to know what defeat is. God knows all about defeat. And that is why he hands it all day long to the devil, handing defeat to the devil. Every time the devil wants to conquer, every time he wants to lay siege, every time he wants to overthrow, listen, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. You wait on God. Don't listen. Put all your faith in God. Trust God with everything, what you can see and what you can't see. And I guarantee you this, God will always come back because David said this, even though this host should encamp against me, they want to besiege me. He said, I will not fear. I will not fear. He says, my heart shall not fear. And we learned that that heart really is just, he's, he's, when he talks about your heart, he's talking about you, your peace, your everything that is you. That's what he's talking about, your heart, your emotions, your mind, everything. The center of you. He said, when he says it won't be fear, it, uh, he says, it shall not fear. He's saying that the circumstances, that the opposition or even the enemy, surrounds me with. It will not be able to destabilize me. It's not going to throw me off balance. It's not going to put me uh, in, a, in, in a bad way. No, it's not going to do that at all. It's not going to, it's not going to, to, to throw me off. Look at, look at John 14, 1. John 14 and 1. Because it was and is important to Jesus that we not be destabilized by this world and the things that happen in it. There's a lot of stuff happening, but it's God's intent that you not be destabilized. John 14, one says this, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Telling you basically that belief in God and Jesus is one and the same. Ain't, there ain't no two different gods, only one God. Jesus is the new is the is the is the revealed New Testament name of God, and it is the one that has been authorized, man, for us to seek the Lord and gain access to whatever it is. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. It is the only authorized name. It is the name that gives you access. All of your all of the things that God has for you, they're at the front desk under the name Jesus. And if you go to that front desk to get something that has been left for you, you're going to only get it in the name of Jesus. You're not going to use your name or anyone else's. You got to come in the name of Jesus. If you need healing, you got to get that in the name of Jesus. If you need deliverance, that's got to come in the name of Jesus. Peace, joy, doesn't matter what it is. That's coming in the name of Jesus. And it is at the front desk of life. And it is under the name Jesus. And when that name is spoken, last time I checked, every knee shall bow and every 
tongue shall confess. Oh yes, when that name Jesus is spoken, what God got for you is going to get released. That's why, you're, that's why you can't do anything better than put faith in God. You can't do anything greater than, there's nothing greater than to trust God with everything that you got. What is man without God? The Bible says he know your frame and he know that you just dust. You, you, he, he said, you, 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 you're nothing without God. Yet, although you are nothing without God, yet this same God chose to call you friend. He knows that he don't need you. But he respects the fact that you need him. And he loves you even though we have given him every reason that he should not. But he loves you still. And I hope you know that this morning, that God loves you still. Maybe you have been dealing with somebody who's been talking in your ear and really trying to hype up the God's not going to come through train. Listen, don't listen. Listen, it's time to curate who you have in your life. It's time to make a decision about who it is you are going to allow to speak into your life. Everybody that is in your life is not qualified to speak. Why are they not qualified? Because when we go back to the scripture that we have given from the very beginning, the Bible says, though a host should camp against me. The host are transitional folk. These are people who are not meant to stay and are not going to be in your life. Listen, why are you giving power to people who ain't even going to be there? People who are here for a season. Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Listen, your situation, your circumstance, your scenario, I am trying to tell you that it is seasonal. Whatever it is, it is seasonal. It is on as soon as it has made its introduction, it's already on its way out. If you can hold on to the promises of the Lord, Jesus said, told it, he made it very plain. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Believing that Jesus is going to come through, even in the spite of having had to wait for a long time, it is still worth it. Because he's still the creator of heaven and earth. And he's the architect of your very body. And I know that at times we get some reports and it, things can look pretty bleak. But God is not stopped by man's so-called impossibilities. Oh, no, no. These are, these are just mere opportunities for God to get that glory. He's going to get his glory. And do, the question is, do you want to be a part of it? Do you want to be a part of displaying God's glory? Because that's what he saved you for. That's what he saves us for. That's what he's calling you, to worship him. When you worship him, what are you doing? You're giving him glory. So he saved you for his glory's sake. God wants you to be an accurate reflection of his glory. Do you want to be that reflection? See, that's the part gets a lot of people. They think God's going to force that. Or God ain't going to force Listen, if you want to go to hell, you can go there. You can go there. He's going to let you go right there. He will let you go right there. Anybody who won't, listen, you don't even have to ask him. You can just simply go if that is your desire. Because the wages of sin, brothers and sisters, is still death. It's still death. 
So all you got to do, if you just really want to go to hell, then just live in sin. Well, but, 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 but Brother Walker, what's, what's saved? Always saved. That's a lie. No, you're not. No, you're not. You are numbering yourself with the wicked. And Ezekiel chapter 18 makes that very plain. It almost don't get any more plain than that. Read Ezekiel chapter 18, that entire, listen, God don't allow you to, uh, a righteous man to turn from his righteousness and then get away with it. That ain't gonna never happen. God is immutable. That means he does not change. The same God in the Old Testament got to be the same God in the New Testament. Even though he give you a new name that you can use and that name is Jesus, Hebrews tells us that he got his name by inheritance. Even though we have a new name to be used. Listen, if he wasn't letting you get away with sin in the Old Testament, guess what? He is not going to let you get away with it in the new. If a righteous man turn from his righteousness, he is not going to live. He is, it's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. One scripture tells us, as a matter of fact, says, say not because our fathers have sinned that the children's teeth are set on edge. You know what I'm saying? Listen, no, no. In other words, what that means is you can't even say that, no, I'm being punished because of my, because of what mama and daddy did. Don't listen, which brings up a whole nother thing. Let me just jump in on this whole generational curse thing and all that. That's trash. The soul that sinned, it, the Bible says, it shall die. So don't get caught up on mama and daddy's uh, hang up, grandma and grandpa's uh, inefficiencies and all that other kind of stuff. Listen, you better follow that word and you better live holy because God has given you the strength to do that. Listen, when you are in, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And with this new creature, you've got newfound power. I'm telling you right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, you got power in the name of Jesus to live and go beyond what mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and uncle and everybody else, what they could not do, you can do in the name of Jesus. They might have fallen into adultery, but you don't have to fall into that. They might have fell into fornication. You ain't got to fall into that. They might have had a lying spirit. You don't have to have a lying spirit. I am telling you that there is not one weapon formed against you that shall prosper. You just got to decide that I'm going to do it God's way. And God going to take care of the rest. He's going to do it. Listen, you ain't got no power on your own, but if you got the Holy Ghost living on the inside, all the power you're going to ever need is always going to be present and accounted for. That general generational curse, that ain't nothing but trash. I don't even, I don't even almost subscribe to that. The Bible says, the soul that sins, it shall die. That means that if you if you are going to go to hell, it's going to be because you choose to go. Not because somebody's making you. Not because, not because somebody, because you grew up this way. Don't tell me you got to be homosexual because somebody else in your family was that. You don't, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that you have to be deceitful and that you have to be a liar and that you have to be all of these things because someone else before you was that. That is a choice. That is a choice, brothers and sisters. Life, once God has given it to you, and I'm not talking about eternal life. I'm talking about life on the natural sense. So once you have been born, then God allows you to make the choices from there. He just wants you to, in, he wants you to invite him in to be a part of the decision-making process. He's offering to not let you Make all the decisions and do all the heavy lifting on your own. He wants to be there and be a part of it. 
John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. God don't want you being surrounded by this world to destabilize you. Because listen, the world, they're going to come. But please remember what I said. They are transitional. It, it, listen, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come, but it is also going to go. It's transitional. Don't let transitional folk that are doing the devil's bidding and don't even know it. This is why Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. People who are doing the devil's bidding and don't even know it. Don't let temporary folk force you into life-lasting choices against God. Don't do that. Don't do that because God is not mocked. And I'm here to tell you, God is not going to play games with you. Now, you can play the games all you want. You can tell yourself you're not that bad. But you and that not so bad is going to end up in the lake of fire if you don't get washed in the blood of the lamb. If you don't turn from your wickedness and follow and walk in the ways of God. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. You got to listen that that's brothers and sisters, you got you got to keep it. Because true faith has works in tow. True faith has works all in the mix. True faith inspires and leads to works. You got to have it. God don't want you to be destabilized by, by the world. They're going to surround you, but don't be destabilized. Sometimes life will surround you. Just like the Syrian king surrounded Elisha and his servant in 2 Kings chapter 6. I invite you to read verses 8 through 17. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8 through 17. All of a sudden, the Syrian king is plotting against Israel. He's coming up with all these schemes and all these plans. But then the Lord, being the protector that he is, all the schemes and all the scams and all the plans that the devil come up with, that this enemy, that this Syrian king came up with. God tipped off the, the prophet, told the prophet what was going on. Told Elisha what was going on. And then, then Elisha would go and tell the king. And he would tell him, hey, hold on, king, don't go over here. The devil got an ambush. The, the Syrian king got an ambush over here. He got a setup over here. He got a camp over there. He got all this other kind of stuff. And, it's go, and it went on for so long till the Syrian king got mad. It was like, well, hold up, wait a minute. The Syrian king is like, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I, we got a council, war council going on, and, and I know you were in this council, and and you were in this council, and you were in this council, and uh, and and um and so somebody want to tell me why it is that 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 the enemy Israel seems to be one step ahead of us every single time that we have a meeting in our war chamber here in Syria, wherever we are. Why is it that the enemy? Or that Israel is one step ahead. 
And here come the people advising him, telling him, well, you know what, King, well, we got a problem. King's like, what's that problem? He's like, Elisha, the king, the prophet. He tell, he's telling the king, the Israel king, everything that you're saying in your chambers. So all of a sudden, he said, oh, we, and the king, he's like, what? You, 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 you. And so somebody gives him a report of where, the, where he is. He said he's in the city of Dothan. He's in the city of Dothan. And so in the city, he's like, okay, send, send, send a squad, send a troop, send everybody. Go get this prophet. Go get this prophet. Because we can't have him spoiling our plans. Can I tell you, brothers and sisters, that listen, when you live holy and you live righteous and you are following the word of God and you are doing it according to the word of God, I am telling you right now, you are foiling the devil's plans. You are messing up what he's got going on. When you follow the word of God the way the Bible says it and you don't add anything to it and you don't take anything away from it, I am telling you, you become a threat and a factor against the devil. The devil gets so upset and he gets so frustrated. Are you surprised that he will send people and situations and circumstances to surround you? But I want to tell you just like they, what happened with Elisha and his servant, the Bible says that the servant got up early in the morning taking care of business. He went out and to see and all, lo and behold, the whole city was surrounded. He ran to that prophet and told Elisha what was going on. And the prophet prayed and asked that the Lord would open his eyes and give him eyes to see that those that are with them are more than them that are against them. And I want to remind somebody today that if God is for you, and if you are blood washed and water baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, God is for you. I want you to know that the devil and any of his goons and whatever he has going on, it don't matter how many of them it is, and it don't matter how what tactic they want to use, your God is greater and he will get glory. He's going to deliver you. God opened up that young man's eyes and he was able to see that the hills were full of God's angels, chariots of fire. The enemy that had surrounded them had been surrounded.